I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? You're also with Queen, Queen Henrietta. She has unlimited seafood. So it's like you're living at Red Lobster constantly. Oh, uh, so it's hard to go down on her? <laughs> no, it just, everything blends in. Well, it's, oh, it's right, going right. up for yeah. him. It's yeah. going up, so. <laughs> I must send you, my lady. <laughs> oh, okay. Travis. Tom, should I start the show? Sure, I think that'd be great. Uh, welcome to Rosemorum Cast, the only show where history is at the front of your ears. Because we're doing audio on our radio <laughs> video podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. This is Rose Mortem. Great. <laughs> These openings are getting better and better every yeah, time. Right. <laughs> Nailed it. Really finding our stride. You yeah. know what's funny? We have so many episodes. And I can say that none of them start well. <laughs> not not a one. I think, we, I think that was I think that was eleven out of ten. No, the ones where we record two parts in one night, those start well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the second yeah. part at least. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Yes, uh, well tonight we have uh a guest again. Three weeks in a row. Bing 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 bing. Walt. What do they call that? A hat trick in Canada? Something like that. They call it <laughs> oh, yeah. turkey and bowling. Yep. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I, th- I would like to call Walt uh, a correspondent from now on. Would, yeah. you like, yeah. would you like to be oh. a roast mortem correspondent? I would love to be. Uh, we need a pre title to that, though, like a masturbation correspondent or like, a, <laughs> I, I don't know, something cool. <laughs> yeah, anything you want. You really. can ma- make your own title, masturbation correspondent. Yeah, that's I'm fine you with it. You, could sl- you know what? Next time you're on the show, you come up with that name. You bring it All to right. us, yeah. and we're going to approve it. Or, or we'll just do yeah. something different every week. There you or go. every week that I'm on. You had a lot of different roles at our company. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is... I do at my podcast as well. <laughs> this is an educational show, so we're kind of taking uh, the route of that college. Was NYU where you can just make up your master? You'd be like, I'm a witchcraft pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those schools. I think more schools are doing that now. Yeah, there's kind of be like there is no major. Well, that's the hook. You know, people are going to school and they go, oh, I'm in so much debt. I didn't actually learn anything. Oh, no, poor me. And then they go, wait a second. Curriculum, whatever you want. Yeah. Do you want yeah. a master's degree in uh, Henry Rollins speeches? You could just listen to them. <laughs> now I kind of do. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Dude, Does that I... include spoken word or just the speeches? <laughs> uh, all of them. It's really, it's your, <laughs> Walt, it's your master's. Well, <laughs> well, as someone with a master's in Tylenol uh, mining industries and research, how's everyone's week? Uh, I'll go because I don't really have anything to say, <laughs> except for the fact that Tom and I are both been learning what it's like to live 
uh, on the West Coast these past few days as the skies in New York have turned um, orange, I think, yeah. is the word I would describe. Orangey. Orange hazy. Smells like I'm eating a campfire cinder every time I step outside. It's a unique experience for us East Coasters, so... You know, that's what we're adapting I to. imagine that is. I grew up on the West Coast, and, like, it still sucks nonetheless, but you're like, oh, shit, Big Bear's on fire again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times that one city can burn, but it does every year. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, it's just new to us, really. That's really it all it is. It's yeah. like if a tornado came through. I'd rather have this than the, uh, the mafia governor that we have, the governing body we have. <laughs> Uh, New York is plagued with Italians who seem to run everything from union behind the walls, and you can't smell them, is my point. Mm -hmm. So you like that we can smell this I like that I can smell the threat. Right. Yeah. Well, New York is always burning with the fire of Italian immigration. Yes. And we're also always burning trash. So, like, I'm used to, like, hot trash smell. Like, that is, like, my... That's, like, ah, summertime is back. It smells like garbage is on fire. Connor, don't take the only thing New Jersey's good at away from them. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We got to leave them what they have. But yeah, that's. I will say that I was on the East Coast one time. Speaking of like a tornado coming through, like that's totally un- unexpected. But I was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, in like 2011, I think it was. And I'm sitting there at the barber shop while a friend of mine's getting her haircut. And the whole place starts shaking. And I'm used to it because I'm from California. I'm like, oh, earthquake. And then all of a sudden I freak out. I'm like, I'm in Pennsylvania. What the fuck? <laughs> is this an earthquake? And I know damn well it is. But I don't know how the East Coast works. <laughs> and fucking turned out that Washington, D.C. had a earthquake that year. I remember just that. Just randomly. I remember that. Yeah. You brought Scared it. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> when I realized that it shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Yeah, we're Kinda just like dealing with uh, natural disasters we're not used to. Yeah. So we got a hurricane. Yeah, a give ma- me a hurricane. A tropical I'm, storm. I'm ready once for that. Five, six years. Yeah. It just you know takes that, out some. Who cares? That won't phase me. No. Who cares about that shit? It's the South Shore anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say um, I'm going for how was your week next, and I'm just gonna say same as Connors. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, well or, how was your week? Yeah. <laughs> or, how was your week, correspondent? Please. I mean, yeah. not to one up, but Phoenix is a fucking D and D desert wasteland, brother. <laughs> Let me tell you what. My week, um, I can sum it up like I I don't know how my week was until tonight when I got home and I was like, should I like rub one out and then relax and then go on the guest on this awesome podcast or should I jump into Call of Duty? And I made the mistake of jumping into Call of Duty instead of just rubbing one out. So. <laughs> I fucked my week up with with one decision. Oh, Dude, you're all fired up. So you're going into this show totally loaded. Fully torqued. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think Minimus better have attack 56 and better start spraying with like a 60 round clip. <laughs> well, we like Dude. we like doing this. I do this show fully loaded every time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, nice. I make sure to hold it in for at least a week before the show so i haven't yeah. so you're coming hot it's, it's been week. yeah it's been really long time <laughs> roast mortem actually means sperm retention you're roasting your semen in the balls yeah oh if you thought that was like like they do hatch chilies in new mexico and <laughs> yeah. shit yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they have that little cylinder that they spin like a rotisserie yeah <laughs> yeah travis um how's portland 
Uh, Portland's okay. I've been spending most of my time in uh, No Man's Sky universe. I decided to re-download it, and it is... I mean, it took them six years, because it was trash when it first came out. But now I'm just loving it. I'm just drifting around space, looking at stupid-ass aliens. So good. <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah, that's about it. That's, that's honestly good. the lamest week of all. Um... <laughs> Let's get back to Minimus. With little yeah. weeks comes little people. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he ever had a boring week in his life. Probably not. No, no. And it's going to get way more interesting this episode. Things are going to take a, let me say, a turn for the worse. But let's jump back to the 17th century with our boy, or should I say man, Jeffrey Hudson, a.k.a. Lord Minimus. Because he's 22 years old now. He's a man. He's still only 18 inches tall, but man (laughs) yeah um up until this point he had been living the life of luxury with queen henrietta maria uh england and the uh england's queen and her royal household and but things have not really been going well for the queen and king charles uh after 11 years without parliament charles the first made the foolish mistake of calling in a new parliament called uh long parliament which basically seized control of england and they were becoming increasingly hostile to the royal family, so much so that the queen, the king and queen, grabbed all they could in London and fled. Cool. Um, so got a bail. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of where we left off last. You know, the 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 Charles is talking with the queen, and he's like, "I think it's best for you to get out of England, and you specifically should go to Holland and try to negotiate." with your our new son-in-law's family help them raise an army or reclaim you know some type of power so we can take back the crown in london because right now they're pretty much exiled in their own country not great for the royals yeah so the queen and little jeffrey uh jeffrey hudson uh set sail on february 23rd 1642 aboard the lion uh out of Dover and they sailed away and then they watched the queen on the or the king on the cliffs of Dover looking out watching his love sail off to go find him an army I assume sail away sail away <laughs> sail away yeah. was playing in the background yeah. it was actually sandstorm uh, right. <laughs> way getting, off yeah they're getting lit now that they didn't have to hang out with the king yeah <laughs> So the queen arrives in Holland, and she found that recruiting troops and ammunition was a lot harder than she thought. Because, you see, her plan was just to sell off the royal jewels, get some cash, and then she could buy ammo or whatever. The problem was that the English parliament declared the jewels stolen, and no merchants in Holland were going to take these hot goods from, you know, the English government. That's what Russians are for. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Yeah. Also, why did the Dutch care? Yeah, well, why were they like, no, no, we don't want to get England mad at us? Like, c- come on, guys, <laughs> yeah. buy the jewels. Yeah. We're already mad. That's at you. how the you Swiss sound ridiculous. In. What a <laughs> disgusting language you speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these, well, yeah, these merchants are like a little too hot. I'm not going to be a fence. But the problem is that, or. Uh, you know, the queen worked around this problem by selling off her vast sums of personal jewelry. You know, there's royal jewels and there's personal jewels. Mm. 
Well, wasn't she kicked down a bag of jewels that got stolen? Or no, that was uh, Jeffrey himself. Yeah, pirates yeah. nabbed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's got a whole heap of jewels too. I mean, her mom was loaded. She's got these personal things, but probably a bunch of gaudy crosses because she's Catholic, you know, yeah. <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> Gross. You should fence those. Yeah. yeah. All the all the crucifixes her uncles got her on her first communion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Diamond <Aww>. crust. <laughs> I'm thinking it's mainly the, the necklace in cursive, and it just says, like, Henrietta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no way. It's all live, laugh, love. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Jeffrey didn't really like this trip to Holland that much. Uh, people, people of Holland hated the fact that she was a Catholic queen because the Dutch are Protestant. And the only person that was friendly to Jeffrey and the queen was this Dutch ambassador who I don't know what his angle was, but he mistakenly kissed the hand of Jeffrey, thinking that he was the queen's son. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's like, that's a cute little boy you have there. Let me kiss its hand. That's so like I'm too, because like in a very modern context and all the stuff gets thrown around today, like, Oh, I kissed a man's hand. I went to go kiss a boy's hand. Yeah. <laughs> and I was due. I kissed a, a oh, man hand. I meant to kiss this tiny little boy. Oh, God. I was, thought I was kissing a baby. Hey, if you're the Dalai Lama, you'd, you'd put out your tongue and ask for it to be sucked. Imagine uh, if the Dalai Lama did that with um, the, the Hasbulla guy, whatever his name is. He probably, <laughs> like, let's, let's be honest. If they're in the same room, he probably did. Someone's going to fuck. In yeah. that room. We need to get the Dalai Lama and Joe Biden together and like get some shoulder sniffing, some tongue sucking going on. <laughs> Jeffrey might be into it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a different generation. They have different values, you know? Um, oh, right. So winter had set in um, because she was there trying to drum up all these uh, troops. Um, so she knew that she kind of was like, hey, I have some time to kind of buy some stuff. So she goes on a shopping spree. Uh, she was able to buy six cannons, 100 barrels of gunpowder, and 400 guns. Meanwhile, with the winter setting in, the king uh, was failing to negotiate with Parliament and officially declared war against Parliament under the standards of Nottingham. So the English Civil War had officially begun. Oh, interesting. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, as I said, the winter was here. She, you know, she's just building supplies. She can't sail across the channel. It's too dangerous. Um, but in the meantime, to make matters worse, uh, Parliament decided to send a representative, a guy named Walter Strickland, to keep an oh, eye yeah. on her. You know? Walter Strickland Propane. Good names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Propane and propane accessories. Yeah, making sure that she didn't buy any charcoal grills. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jeffrey, little Jeffrey is recorded to be very, you know, he's 22 years old. He might be small, but he's, like, ready to fight. Like, he's, he, you know, there's a few statements where he's like, put me in there, coach, you know, I'm going to bop ready people on the shins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I imagine that you still go through fucking... You know, maturity, testosterone kicks in, your body changes. You want to fight people. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. And let's be honest, short guys love fighting. 
<laughs> they need to fight. Like, they're always real scrappy and feisty, and he is probably, like, tenfold, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's got, like, the double Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, double Napoleon. I can attest to that because I'm on that, like, short guy, average height cusp. And sometimes I want to fight, and sometimes I want to play Bob Marley, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Tall guys never want to fight. Yeah, all my most like Ever. aggressive aggro friends are my short friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many people have tried to fight Big Steve? Like, short guys love fighting tall dudes. Like, exceptionally <laughs> tall. Like, I'm tall, but I'm talking about the... Once you're at that 6'4". Yeah. Dude, you're not lying, because all the fights I've ever been in, like, 90% of them... I'm way outclassed. <laughs> Dude, well, you're get in, down here and talk to me in my face. You're an achiever, right? You're, you want to set some high goals. <laughs> no way. I'm ball swinging. I want to impress somebody. Yeah. And is the 10% someone doing that to you? Like, <laughs> going the yeah, other way. Right. <laughs> well, what do you want, shorty? <laughs> They're still six inches taller. <laughs> so because of the winter and everything... Um, they had to like plan their trip across the channel at just the right time and they decided february 2nd 1643 they're like hey we're gonna give it a shot it's so cold but like weather looks good but wouldn't you know it jeffrey has no luck sailing they run into a storm while they're crossing with all of this ammunition and everything that they're trying to bring across to england um, a few ships were lost, so there goes some cannons and things like that. And for any of you treasure hunters out there, one of the ships actually contained a true piece of the cross. So, oh. like, a piece of wood that somebody said was the cross of Jesus. Oh, man. I can't believe we lost that 100% authentic piece <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. cross at Bro, the bottom of the English Channel. I'm super upset. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer to find out. We also lost uh, their their version of the My Pillow guy. <laughs> <laughs> Next to the cross is a shamwell. Yeah, <laughs> thou pillow. So it's said that while the passengers uh, prayed to God while they're crossing on these ships and their ships are rocking back and forth, the queen remained relaxed, and she said, uh, "Queens of England never drown." So she had thought she had God on her side, and she's like, I'm not going down. I'm the Queen of England. Yeah. She'd also taken mm -hmm. three bars of Xanax. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat right now. What happens next? <laughs> so the whole ordeal, I don't remember, I mentioned last episode, it only takes a few hours to get across the channel. Uh, the whole ordeal lasted nine days. Jesus That's how much Christ. their ships were, like, thrown around into the North Sea and all this shit. <laughs> You can see so it's like, the other side of the channel. <laughs> so it's like Moses through the desert, and now you look at Google Maps, and it's like it only takes like a day to walk across that desert. Yeah. You knew this, right? Yeah. Uh, Moses, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so nine right days there. at sea, eventually the queen and Jeffrey and a few other people were rescued by some fishing boats, and then they were brought back to Holland. So they didn't actually do it then. It was yeah. nine days until failure. Jeez. Mm -hmm. oh, and what made it worse was the queen now had to raise more money and replace all of the ammo and supplies that she had lost at the bottom of the sea. Jesus. Uh, just give up, you dumb bitch. Shit, I gotta fix this real quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't tell your dad. <laughs> so eventually she gets all the stuff back. I guess, you know, she had the right context now. It didn't take that long. Um, so they set sail again 
on the 22nd of February. Um, and this time, it only took a few hours. They landed in the small coastal town of Bridington in England, which is in northern England. And as the night set in, you know, they're in this small little town. The queen's sleep, sleeping in like a cottage, you know, not like a mansion or anything like that. The night sets in and they realized that they had been followed. Uh, so six parliamentary ships cruised into the bay. Jeffrey immediately took up arms along with a handful of mercs that the queen had brought with her. They were prepared for waves of soldiers like marines to come paddling ashore to capture the queen. But instead, the six parliamentary ships opened their gun ports and just barraged the small village. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cool. Man, the roundheads do not fuck around. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the cottage next to the queen was reduced to rubble after a direct hit, and her and her ladies-in-waiting grabbed what they could and fled for their lives. As they were leaving the cottage, two cannonballs ripped through the roof. One rolled down the stairs as they were leaving <laughs> the building. Okay. I, I don't want to be a total buzzkill, but I feel like that cottage that was in rubble was just rubble beforehand. So, not <laughs> yeah. much change. These are cannonballs that don't explode. So, yeah. to take a direct hit and immediately crumple, it yeah. probably wasn't in great shape. It was probably yeah. good that it happened then and not while they were sleeping. <laughs> Had an amazing staircase, though. Yeah. yeah. Really strong stairs. It's very strong. Home Depot built. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. They're... No. Go. Uh, so. Was... <laughs> so, the yeah, queen. Zoom. Yeah. The queen and her ladies-in-waiting are running down the street as Jeffrey is, like... And these mercs are, like, firing off shots at the ship because they don't really know what to do. Um, Jeffrey was pretty quick reloading his flintlock pistols. Like I said, he was a good shot. He had nothing to do when he was... Besides just shoot his guns, you know. Uh, he really had no job before that, so... It was that or become a yo-yo master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so the queen got halfway down the street before she realized that she had left her dog in the shelled cottage. <laughs> so she oh, well. decided to run back down uh, into the collapsed building. She scooped up the dog and returned to her escorts uh, with Jeffrey and her mercs escort, like running into the bush with her. Oh, white women. Yeah, yeah. gotta go back to like, What Was the dog still alive? You never answered that question. <laughs> Somebody flayed it, and Jeffrey was wearing it. No, no. <laughs> it's me! Jeffrey, this is a terrible time! Could be prowling pranks! No matter how brilliant and very funny! Uh, so they flee off into the woods, cannonballs and gunfire going off next to them, covering them in earth as they hit the ground and ricochet through the woods. But Jeffrey and the Queen escape with their lives, and they headed off to the city of York in northern England. And this is where the queen was united with an army of her own. Uh, yeah, she had her own little <laughs> army. Aw, <Aww>, squish. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if uh, you hear that the Barbie movie caused a pink shortage, uh, pink paint. They used so much paint that the world was low on pink paint. I'm all a pink yeah. shortage. I mean, I've, I've seen playing pink lately. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a very serious way, that makes me happy that someone was actually building a set 
and it wasn't just CG. <laughs> CGI. Yeah. Yeah. The, like that, that's right. nice to hear that there was a pink shortage because of a film. Well, well they actually, it was just concept set for the CGI artists. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they put one well, on they, yeah. they had to do that yeah. so that way green screen production could catch back up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we were out of green paint. Yeah. <laughs> this army caused a uh, depletion of pink cloth. They were all in pink. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, no, but this army was 3,000 foot, sh- foot soldiers, uh, 30 companies of horse and dragoon, and two mortars. So it was a substantial little force. Yeah. Um, so during this time, we have a little bit of correspondence between uh, her and her husband's army, and then also the uh, Prince Rupert. So there's like three armies in England going on right now and in these correspondence she was called the she generalissima Ooh, yeah wow she they could have just done generalissima and that would be she (laughs) oh no (laughs) you had to clarify she also made 70 cents on the dollar so (laughs) well that's good her troops only took 70 percent of the casualties of male commander well maybe if she (laughs) just was generalissima it would have been it uh, indicative of her Italian nature, uh, and yeah. that wouldn't have worked. So no, well. I can't have that. Uh, she, yeah, she, Generalissima, she did that one. <laughs> it should have been Hulka, Hulka. <laughs> so this first march with her army, she's marching from York to Newark in southern England, not Jersey. Um, and this <laughs> march started on May twenty third. And her whole plan was to meet up with Prince Rupert's army, who was fighting in the Midlands. Um, and from there, the three armies, the Queen, Prince Rupert, and the King, would like all converge. Because uh, I guess the way the war started, you know, there were pockets of different lords that supported the King, and they had to all kind of come together. Yeah, the English They're Civil flanking. War is crazy because it's like, you know, U.S. Civil War, very clear, north-south. A lot of other mm-hmm. like civil wars, very clear like geographical delineations. English Civil War, like there was a rough one like geographical thing, but really it was could like a river over. It'd be completely different sides. It, like it was more akin to like Crips and Bloods, right? <laughs> yeah, Where all technically all grew up in the East same coast, neighborhood. West coast, but yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Crips and Bloods in it. <laughs> what what side of Compton Avenue are you on? Yeah, <laughs> what side of Camden are you on? There you go. Uh, so that same day that they set off on this march to meet up with Prince Rupert, Parliament officially declared the Queen a traitor. So now she's official enemy of the state. Now, during this march, Geoffrey came to the Queen and he was like, Hey, you've seen how good I am on a horse. You've seen how well I can shoot. Could I be a commissioned officer? <laughs> And of course, because she loved Jeffrey like a boy, like a little son, uh, she decided to reward him, especially with the valor at uh, Bridington. So this world's smallest man was now Jeffrey Hudson, captain of the horse, and had was deployed to his own cavalry unit. A.K.A. Officer Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> That's General Nugget to you, yeah. goddammit. <laughs> Yeah, his forces were called the value meals. <laughs> All of a sudden, he starts talking like Sam Elliott in every war movie. 
So a lot of the records of the fighting on this march with the Queen were lost to history. We don't exactly know. That for the most part, they were trying to evade the parliamentary forces until they met up with Rupert. Um, a lot of just scavenging things and passing through areas that have already been fought over. Uh, but they eventually met up with the prince um, in July. And then the plan from there was to meet up with the king and link everyone together to have this massive army so they could hit London. So these three armies converged on Oxford, like where the co college is, the university. And, that makes sense. Yeah, and they dug in and fortified the city. Um, now, this was the first time the king and queen had actually seen each other in two years. And let me tell you, they had there was a lot of fucking to be done. In not this not between them, though, right? Oh, yeah, between oh, them. Okay. Remember, they're in love now. <laughs> oh, they're, right. I forgot yeah. they fell in love. I we fell in love. Remember, everyone. Yeah. Remember what we've done. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> forget all the ass grabbing I did before, though. It was fun. I was young. I was in a fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> I was experimenting, my lord. <laughs> it was Pride Month, my lord. <laughs> uh, so little Jeff even got himself his own mistress in Oxford. We don't know her name, but uh, there was a lot of lovemaking. And this really properly pissed off all the professors and scholarly men that basically they just took over their houses. They're like, now it is time for us to reproduce. You can study how we insert our penises in the people. <laughs> We know how to do this. We're scientists, damn it. We've done it before. Um, and and nobody wrote a book on that? Like, I had to go through my teenage years figuring that shit out on my own? I'm talking the 1800s here. Could you, could you imagine 1600s. if, like, that, that whole thing goes down and then they're fucking in front of people and kind of just ruining their lives, but it's the most vanilla sex ever? Yeah, like fully clothed missionary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you barely hear the Dry squeak, humping. but it's just happening. And if you say anything, they're like, shh, shh, shh. I, I lost it now. I lost it. I said, concentrate. Quiet. I'm a king, you know. Shall we start again tomorrow, my lord? No, we're going to keep going. I'm turning you on. I'm arousing you. Doesn't matter who's doing what, who's flipping pages in that end of the room. They're going to pay attention to how we fuck. What do the Mormons do? Soaking? Soaking. <laughs> That's the grossest term for such a vanilla thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, so with all this boning going on, wouldn't you know it, the queen got pregnant. Very bad timing with your, you know, whole country trying to kill you. Yeah. <clears throat> so this stronghold at Oxford was starting to crumble as the tides of war were shifting. The royalists in the beginning were winning the war, um, but then a new star general, the East Ang Anglian General of the Horse, a man named Oliver Cromwell, decided to, uh, was starting to turn the war in the favor of the parliament. Uh, which, I mean, I think we can we can probably do a whole episode on series on Cromwell. Uh, yeah. But uh, he was kind of one of the reasons why Parliament started to win. Hmm. Sounds like a hard ass. Yeah. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in April of 1644, the king thought it best for his wife, who was very preggers at this point, to go to the city of, or the town of Bath, which is in uh, southwest England. 
like where the pirates are from, like Plymouth. Um, so Bath was actually a royalist stronghold. So he's like, hey, it's going to be fine. Go there. And Bath has like these medicinal springs that they thought, you know, you soak in there. You're going to feel all good. It's a spa day. The waters of life. Yeah. Uh, so the Queen, Jeffrey, and a handful of troops set out for Bath. Um, this would be the last time that the king and queen ever saw each other. Oh, I wonder Again. why. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so the the trip to Bath was very dangerous. There was a lot of like people trying to pursue the queen and find her. You know, I, The details were kind of lost to history, but we do know that it was a very uh, difficult trip. But there was a light at the end of the tunnel, these healing springs at Bath. And when they arrived, they found that these springs were filled with corpses. Uh, there were corpses bloated in the hot springs, corpses on the streets, <laughs> like disease, uh, rats, just like Fuck yeah. the whole city was just like a black metal album cover. <laughs> yes, this is what I'm nice. subscribing to now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess you didn't go in then. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a harmonious Bosch painting crossed with an Iron Maiden cover. <laughs> Pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ew. So the baby. Good bass tones. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go. <laughs> no, the baby was coming. So the queen was like, they were like, all right, we got to not have the baby in this disgusting town. So they headed to Exeter. Exeter. Um, where, and this is where the baby was born. The baby was named Henrietta after her mother. And this birth was really hard on the queen, uh, probably because she had been running for her life. The queen was fail, uh, pre- bleh, frail and partially paralyzed after the pregnancy. Oh, no. Uh, that's not good. <clears throat> no, you don't want that. No. Jeffrey himself warned her, though. He was like, we can't really stay here that long because parliamentary troops are actually approaching the city. And their only hope at this point was to get out of England again and head to France where she would be safe. So 15 days after delivering the baby, the queen was forced to leave her newborn behind at the city and flee to the city of Plymouth for a ship. So we don't know what happened to the child. Probably died instantly because it's a newborn. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. I feel like this is somewhat, it could be, could be somewhat inspiration for the movie Willow. Starring oh. Warwick Davis. <laughs> you know, there's the baby. You gotta, but, you know, they kind of all flipped it around. Instead of going with the queen, they're like, you got you to gotta go with this little Go guy. the other way. Yeah. George Lucas was yeah. like, just do the opposite of what happens. And that's how you write a killer story. There you go. Hell yeah. I'm going to take this idea, reverse it. <laughs> yep. And get Val Kilmer. Willow. <laughs> so that movie. So good. Yeah, this this little, like, escape plan to get to Plymouth to the docks, the, the, they decided to split up. They decided to Scooby-Doo. They're like, all right, two two or three teams are going to, you know, if anyone gets caught, it's we're not going to lose all of the Queen's, you know, escorts. Uh, and of course, Jeffrey had no problem getting the Plymouth, but the Queen's trip turned out to be far more peril- perilous. Uh, so she walked straight, her and her little group walked straight into a patrol of parliamentary forces. And acting quickly, she hit, she hid under, you know, everyone next to their house has a pile of giant rags 
Yeah, um, yeah. That's mm-hmm. like a normal thing. So, uh, yeah, she hid in a pile of rags next to a building, and she laid there motionless for 48 hours without food and water. Well, she she was also partially paralyzed, right? <laughs> yeah. So that plays oh, yeah. out like a Mad Libs. Yeah. <laughs> she lazily walked under the pile of rags. <laughs> it, I don't know. Help me out here, guys. You know where I'm going. And froze <laughs> yeah. in place. Mm-hmm. And waited for the lobsters <laughs> to toast their bagels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> After, I got nothing on yeah. it. Sorry, brother. No, it's fine. It's, it was a dead bit anyway. It was it was dead like that baby they left. But up up. Yeah. So after being on the rag for forty eight hours, she decides to leave the the pile and uh, she makes it back to Plymouth with Jeffrey and the escorts. They're all ready to leave. They board a Dutch ship. And they thought they were safe. They'd set sail. But then all of a sudden, parliamentary ships show up again. And they start firing on their ship. The queen instructed the crew that if they were boarded, they were supposed to blow the gunpowder. They were like, you're not taking me alive. We're just going to fucking blow this shit. We're going to scuttle this shit. Yeah. I thought you said that she was Catholic. And all of a sudden, she's Muslim. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, she's not killing herself. She's dying a martyr's death, and oh. the guy who lights the fuse, sorry to be him. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so work around the old Catholic workaround. Yeah. Always, there's yourself. always a Catholic workaround. Always a Catholic workaround. <laughs> yeah. So the ships, uh, the ship, there's this whole battle at the sea. The ship is beat to shit, but they escape, and they barely make it to France. The Queen and her crew were so beat up that the villagers of the small town in Brittany thought that they were pirates. They're not the Queen of England. They're like, who are these pirates coming ashore? They are lady pirate. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Queen Pirate, the one that's very, very good with a sword, like in all the films. <laughs> but she's paralyzed. Look at her now. She stands by the circle of K's, stumbling the change. It's a trick. She's coming for us. She's going to steal all of our things. <laughs> Are those homeless people just trying to cosplay as Jack Sparrow? Is that whether they look like Possibly. That? Fentanyl oh. Sparrow? Yeah. yeah. Captain Jack Fent- <laughs> Captain Jack, Captain Jack Farrell. <laughs> uh, so they, they convinced her, no, this is in fact the Queen of England. Um, and, you know, they were like, oh, the Queen of England will... Get in touch with your mom and brother, who who, are, uh, who they quickly realized they couldn't do because her mom and brother had died a few months earlier. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bam. Brutal. Damn. So, yeah, a lot had changed in France since she was there last. Uh, King Louis Thirteenth's son was not old enough to rule, uh, so his mother, Queen Anne of Denmark, was acting as regent. So, while the queen was still welcome, it was... A lot different than before. Her brother wasn't in charge. It was her, you know, sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Remember that Christmas you didn't buy me shit? <laughs> <laughs> now, the little the little boy king, not little boy Jeffrey, um, was that Louis the Fourteenth? I think that... I think so. I think he was oh, wow. Louis the Fourteenth. My kid's going to go on to do some good stuff. <laughs> 
Uh, so the queen was not in good shape physically either. Remember, this pregnancy took a beating, and then she was in a ship battle, and she was hiding in rags. She looked horrible. All of her friends in France couldn't, didn't even recognize her. She had a massive abscess, abscess on her titty that had to be lanced every few days. Oh, <laughs> she Jesus had, Christmas. Yeah, she had lost most, most of her hair. Um, and while she was only 35, she looked like 80. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, living in England will do that to you, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, a 35-year-old probably looked about 60 anyway. Yeah, exactly. like they're 35. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you guys ever been chased by a cannonball down a set of stairs? <laughs> that shit will bring out the grays real quick. Yeah. Watch the hair start coming out. I mean, this is also before they invented that, like, orange foundation that all the women in Essex wear. You know, like, they yeah. look more orange yeah. than Trump. <laughs> what about the uh, the white stuff? That was a little later, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, the, the powder. powder. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's coming the... later. Oh, yeah. That's probably around a little, but that's more 1700s. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, that stuff's cool. That's probably why they made it. <laughs> I can't stand a look at this bitch. It's terrible. Uh, so it was a good thing that, um, you know, France had some of the best doctors in the world. You know, she, she was like all fucked up. And so somebody in France, like I guess her sister-in-law, recommended this doctor with cutting-edge medication. So first of all, he said, well, you got to do, go to a hot spring. That's number one. Classic. Yeah, that's, like, that's, I, yeah, classic. That. <laughs> yeah. Number one, our, our hot springs don't have corpses in them, so, you know, you can go to there. Number two, <laughs> you have to have a glass of fresh ass milk every morning. Enema milk? <laughs> no, like Wait. the milk of an ass. Oh, dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think you set me up for that. <laughs> Don't drink that. It's mare's milk. <laughs> the ass milk. This one, yeah. this one's for my ass, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it didn't specify. It could be a, a milk enemas. It could be milk enemas. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant, but my colon isn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the queen set up a temporary court at the Hotel de Ville. De Ville. Uh, which was the ancient house of bourbon, which she was from. Um, and this was kind of like a ragtag assembly point for any royalist fleeing the war. It just was kind of like, hey, you fucked up and you're on the run now. Come to the Hotel de Ville. Um, there were a lot of young knights and mercenaries that came to the hotel. They would drink and party there. You know, these were hot young bucks that were battle hardened at this point and like were drinking a lot um and one of their favorite activities was to get sloshed and laugh at poor jeffrey oh you know the mm. yeah this was the stuff that he was you know at the denmark house it was fine you know dance for me little small boy do it this had been something he had been doing all of his life but these now are he's french got guys doing it no, they're English. Oh, they are. But yeah. they're like yeah, young, this, this young the knights. army that came with. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, right. Also, he was twelve when he, when he was yeah. doing yeah. the other stuff. Like, yeah, it's yeah. old. Jeffrey's a plus. Cat. It's a little embarrassing when you're like the leader of your own fucking cavalry, and the rest of the army is <laughs> like, "Hey, dance, little monkey." Yeah, he's a captain. <laughs> hey, now. stand at attention. 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh. No, he sounds like Sam Elliott. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's right. I mean, he's he maybe he's not the cute little dwarf that he used to be. He's a captain in the Queen's army. He had led troops. He had killed, and he's not a fucking jester anymore. And he decided, I'm not going to take it. So one night, he was getting picked on, and he yelled that the next next motherfucker that fucked with him, he was going to challenge to a duel. Oh. oh. All right. He's got a huge advantage in a in a duel over yeah, regular oh, yeah. sized people. <laughs> Small what target. Do you mean, when you say duel, do you mean fitting I'm, into a milk crate? That's <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm picturing like the ten steps draw. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. That's what the dueling was. Now it wasn't like battle with swords. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't fencing yeah. anymore. I see. Well, they yeah. still did it sometimes, mainly with guns. Right. You can bring a yeah, dinner and plate. you're gonna pull up like you normally do because you're battle trained, and you're gonna fucking go to headshot him, and he's gonna be five feet shorter. Yeah, <laughs> your, your kneecap is already exploding by the time you've adjusted your aim. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is also long before they had soda cans and like soda bottles. You know where people practice with the cans yeah. lined up on the, because that's about Jeffrey's height. You know. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Funny. Um, <clears throat> now in France. France had a very big problem with dueling. Um, it was so bad that the cardinal, who was really close with the queen regent, had told her that the best move would be making was to make dueling illegal. There were countless duels being fought on the streets of Paris every night. Um, so she was like, fuck it, dueling's illegal. Now, Jeffrey knew this, but in England, dueling was still not illegal. And it happened less in England. Like, it was really popular in France. So, like, if somebody, you know, oh, oh give me that garlic, let's do, you know? Well, yeah, but like, mean, it's, whenever something is very cool and people are doing it a lot, yeah, it's made illegal. Yeah. That's how it works. Right. That's why drugs are illegal. Yeah. It's cool and people were doing it a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, in England, they have the Jason Statham headbutt. That's how their issues are solved, right? Oh, you yeah. get in someone's face and just. Bam. Statham them. Yeah. <laughs> Statham Statham like, like Statham yeah. as a verb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my head hurts so badly. I got Statham last night. <laughs> Bro, you too? Dude, Broke my fucking nose. Doing it. Uh, so, yeah, Jeffrey knew that I was illegal in France, but since he was in the English Queen's court, you know, he's like, kind of like if you go to an embassy, it's like, is this England or is this yeah, France? The, the laws get a little murky. They're a little mixed yeah. almost. But Jeffrey was not going to let anyone bully him around anymore, be mocked. So the next night, um, a bunch of all the young knights got together, right? And they're like, who is going to fuck with this dwarf? Because uh, <laughs> we want to have a duel. This is going to be hilarious. Uh, so they kind of drew straws or whatever, and the man was a guy named Charles Croft, and Charles Croft was the son of a well-to-do knight um, in Suffolk, and he was like, I'll do it. This is going to be so fucking funny. <laughs> We're going to roll up to this duel, and I'm just going to fucking shit all over him. So it wasn't recorded what Charles did to piss off Jeffrey, but that night... Jeffrey threw his gauntlet down and challenged uh, Charles to the duel next day at dawn. 
He probably threw a carrot at him or something. <laughs> something normal that, that everyone was doing. Or did he think he went like pss, like a cat to him? <laughs> maybe that'll be fun. I'm, I'm thinking he did something that he, maybe he was pulling a rib that he would have ribbed on anyone. Mm, just you know, like classic. Like, just, yeah, just like hey, soldier talk. Uh, yeah, your mother. <laughs> I'm just like that's it. That's it. <laughs> Now this is happening. Yeah, now you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning, all the bro knights showed up, and they were, like, laughing. They're probably still drunk from the night before. And all of them are laughing, think this is a giant joke. And the bro knights? Yeah, bro That's knights. That's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> the bro knights. <laughs> so, yeah, they're all a bunch of bro knights, and they're they're waiting for, like, the punked moment. Like, oh, tiny little <laughs> dwarf's going to, I don't know, pop out of the pie. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they probably all told each other that story. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows the pie story. Yeah. <laughs> so Croft and Hudson approach each other, and there's, you know, there's a guy officiating the duel, and they're asked which weapons they want to choose. Croft could barely hold back his laughter as he reached into his pocket and pulled out something called a squirt, <laughs> which is a very large syringe that was essentially a 17th century fire extinguisher, so he basically pulled out like a water pistol. Oh, <laughs> wow! Yeah, uh, everyone burst laughing except for Jeffrey, and he just said "pistol on horseback" and walked back to his horse. You're done, homie. <laughs> I love the on horseback. Like, <clears throat> I've never even heard of a duel on horseback. Yeah. Like, a jousting they got rid of a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> So, the two opponents went back to their corners. It was like, I don't know, 100 paces on a horse. I don't know how you do that, but it was far enough away where the horses had to gallop towards each other, and you could see the breath of the horses in the crisp autumn morning. A handkerchief was raised, and they threw it down to the earth, and both horses charged at each other. Croft apparently slowed his horse in order to find his target, the two-foot-tall man charging on a horse uh it was pretty hard to zero in on him jeffrey continued at a full gallop and with only a few yards away from croft he leveled his pistol and fired croft's uh, body ragdolled off the horse and fell to the ground with a massive hole in his face nice yes Yeah. Should have compared KDRs before that, before all that <laughs> squirt gun shit talking, dude. <laughs> but like that's felt like such an idiot as soon as the yeah. horse was done pacing. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck did I just do? God damn it, he has an actual gun. <laughs> <laughs> but also, think about how impressive that full gallop shooting someone in the face. Yeah, headshot <laughs> down. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, he's Again, got... though, he had a lot of time to figure shit out. He was bored for a lot of years and had a lot of resources available to him, so... Like, yeah, he got really good with pistols and so good. He was like, I wonder if I could do this on a horse. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yes, I can. He probably <laughs> looked like out. those machines that they put on camels in Saudi Arabia to get them racing. You ever oh, see yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just have the whip, the automatic whip. Because I hear that they... I've never noticed no. that. You've never seen those? No. No. So, all right. So, I, I think, I don't know who it was, but someone in the Middle East was just like, hey, we got to stop this child slavery thing. We gotta stop putting them on camels. We have to 
We can't fuck them if they're on camels, is what they were thinking. <laughs> it, ruins, right. so, it ruins the ride. Right, exactly. Yeah. Logic. So Logic. they kept all the kids in the house, and they put these little robots, and, the, and you see these sheiks, like billionaires, like with these uh, basically RC like toasters Remote with whips camels. on them. Yeah. And they're just oh. whipping them. Do you it's think really funny. Look it up. Do you think Roomba makes them? Like, is that like their Arabian like <laughs> version of what they sell? Probably. I mean, it's just it's just one of the many of the infinite uh, bad choices that the Middle East makes. <laughs> Roomba has to be selling them because it's not like those vacuums are flying off the shelves like iPhones, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, they have to have a backup plan. Dude, you have a Roomba camel like hitter. I have a Dyson. Come on. Yeah. When you're selling them to Saudi princes, you could just put whatever price on it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. It costs us $66 to make this. Let's sell it for $9 million. Sure. They're like, yeah. Good we'll, deal. We'll take it. Yeah. I'll be right back. I'm going to wrap this in gold. Just yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> I forgot which museum. your version that costs twice as much. Yeah. We'll put diamonds I forgot which. I think it's a museum in Britain that has. Uh, Saddam's two gold AKs. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, those things are awesome. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll give him that. That's Why American not? as shit. Yeah. Why not? They yeah. just want to be American, so they outdo it. <laughs> so word quickly spread throughout France and England that the Queen's dwarf had headshotted Charles <laughs> Croft. <laughs> adding uh, to the legend. Yeah, the uh, the Queen actually sent a letter to her sister-in-law, the Queen Regent of France, apologizing about the duel because she was like, we're in France, we, you know, when you go to someone's house, you got to take your shoes off, right? And you can't be dueling in a place where <laughs> dueling's illegal. Um, so the Queen in this letter says that she would, uh, she doesn't allow dueling in her camp and that Jeffrey would be punished. Oh, no. I, just really quickly before we get into his punishment and all that shit, could you imagine being the guy who has to explain to Croft's family what happened? <laughs> oh, your son is dead. And, uh... Right, well, look, see, oh. he was, um... He was ribbing on this yeah. little fella. You mean he was he was doing something brave to protect the queen? Well, I can imagine he was putting up a mighty fight. Well, Name a lord. He had a squirt gun. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it's. I think it's the 1800s version of David Carradine. That's kind of what that is. Damn. So embarrassing. You just don't want to explain it. Yeah. 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 Less less we know the better. Uh, so. In reality, this letter, like the Queen Regent in France probably didn't think the duel was a big deal. I mean, she was mainly concerned about French people dueling other French people, not English people dueling English people. Right. Um, and she kind of was in the agreement, so like, they're not, like, French laws don't apply to the English court. But the Queen took the matter personally. And so she came to Geoffrey... And after 18 years living with the queen, his complete devotion to her, his service in her army, he was practically a son at this point. You know, he'd been mistaken for a son. Yeah. The queen banished Jeffrey Hudson. Are you kidding me? Oh, yep. she was getting sick of him. She didn't give a shit about Croft. She was definitely yeah. getting sick of him. Yeah. I thought he was going to get spanked finally, but Jesus How Christ. How dare she? <laughs> yeah. Banishment. Oh. All right. Throw the book at him. So yeah. the banishment could have been a gesture 
Um, because like in the queen, queen's like inner court, there was this knight who was like banished years prior. Like I feel like people banished people and they left for a few months and then came back, you know? Um, okay. but still go take a time out, but yeah, still go, go to do it to little Jeffrey, you know what yeah, I mean? Come on. He's yeah. been your biggest supporter. Yeah. Yeah. Little people who don't pick up on subtleties. <laughs> Everything is so I see good. him walking out of the court, like Steve Martin and the jerk, like. I don't need anything. I just need this ashtray and this pistol and my fucking horse. Yeah, you watch him running at the front and ripping the ADT sign out of the lawn. <laughs> so the next day, Jeffrey packed his things and he left France. He's banished from France. He would never go back to France again. Now, this was a living nightmare for poor little Jeffrey. Um... You know, it was the only time in his life that he actually stood up for himself. You know, I mean, you could think about how fucked up that was. Just like, I'm not going to take getting bullied, you know, and being the little clown boy. Sure. I'm going to act oh, like a can man. Can you imagine in today's day and age, like in psychology and shit, they would. He's a study case. Yeah. He's one. He, he's like barely over a foot. Like, yeah. Lived a rich life, got banished. He's out on his own now. Like, <laughs> come here. You need some therapy. Yeah, come sit down. Are you trans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. this would, how, how do you feel you identify? This would be like one of the contestants on Fish, Fish Tank fighting Sam Hyde. <laughs> yeah, standing up for themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what's that? Fatty, fatty airsoft boy? Oh, air, yeah, airsoft fatty. <laughs> yeah. He seems nice. Yeah. Uh, so now Jeffrey's life was crumbling around him, right? This was all he ever knew since he was six. He would ride out of the hotel, um, out of, well, I forgot I didn't write the right, Hotel de Ville, uh, in October of six, 1644 and step into a completely new, more horrific nightmare. So Jeffrey boarded, we don't really know exactly what happened here, but Jeffrey boarded a ship. Uh, with intent to sail back to England and rejoin the fight. Because he's banished from France, but he can still, you know, the king's still fighting. Um, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go back to England. We don't know this specific details. We do know roughly what happened. Mm. Um, things were not looking good for the royalists at this point, but there was really nothing else for Jeffrey to do. That was what he did. So he's sailing back on the ship, and all of a sudden they spot a the captain spots a fast-moving ship on the horizon. Are you fucking kidding? Every time this guy gets in the channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was not a parliamentary warship. It was not a Dunkirker pirate ship. Uh, the ship had a sail, but it was being oared, kind of like a Greek naval vessel. You know, Wait, back let me guess. Vikings. It, yeah, it was the Time Bandits yeah. coming to find their brethren. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As the ship got closer, it unfurled its colors, which was a green flag with a crescent. The crew had little time to think before oh, wait, the... Wait, is this... Are these Barbary pirates? Oh, yeah. The crew had little time to think before the ship was rammed by the vessel that Jeffrey was on. The other passengers started to swallow coins and jewels as the pirates boarded the ship. That was a common thing. If you're getting boarded, you got to swallow whatever goods you have. Mm -hmm. 
Now, remember, this is not the first time that Jeffrey had been attacked by pirates. But these were not the same as Dunkirkers. They spoke a language that Jeffrey had never heard before. And Connor, you got it right. These were dreaded Turkish Corsairs or Barbary Coast Pirates. I can't fucking believe they got attacked by Barbary Corsairs in the English Channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, they were more like African coast, right? Yeah, like that'd that be like trade? getting attacked yeah. by Vikings in the Indian Ocean. That's hilarious. <laughs> so in the 16th century, they were actually pretty active in that area off the coast of France. Um, wow. Now, these pirates were not take they weren't console, concerned too much about gold or jewels that the passengers were swallowing they were after white slaves yeah oh. <laughs> those much, don't exist come on much more valuable like, commodity yeah the oarsmen that were rowing that ship were actually all pretty much white slaves being whipped to exhaustion rowing towards the ship you know if you use the word white slaves one more time we're gonna get kicked off spotify <laughs> I know, I know. yeah I know, right well YouTube you was not gonna well, accept wait, this yeah you might get a bigger deal yeah, yeah. <sighs> we can only hope well yeah. you, you can only hope you see a, but hey it's an awesome episode title by the way i mean that's gonna be some quick baby <laughs> shit <laughs> no you see a lot of these like bro dude white nationals being like well white people were slaves too I mean, we're going to talk about the slavery in North Africa, but it was nothing compared to, like, the slavery of Africans in America. We talk, they're we not, talk history They're here. not bro-dudes. Yeah. They're bro-nights. Bro-nights. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, bro-nights. Yeah. We're starting a starting a podcast next week with Dave Rubin called Bro-nights. <laughs> <laughs> so this was not good for Jeffrey. He, uh, he was once living amongst the royals, and now he was take it, taken by Sir... Uh, Turkish pirates to be sold into slavery in North Africa. So here's where the story gets extremely foggy. As Jeffrey had a biographer that recorded some of these stories after the fact, uh, but the exact details of where, when, and what Jeffrey did as a slave were unknown. But here are some possibilities of what's been recorded of how, if you were taken by these Barbary pirates. So... Jeffrey and his passengers were most likely brought to one of the big slave trading ports in North Africa, which was uh, the Algiers, Tunis, or Tripoli. Uh, slaves were stripped down and whipped and brought to the Bedestin or the Bedestin or the slave market. Uh, here's where the buyers would inspect the slaves. They would particularly inspect their teeth and hands for the men. Because uh, the hands would tell if they were good at, you know, work in the fields and the teeth, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Overall health. Healthy. Never, yeah. yeah. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the women, well, you know how they were <laughs> inspected for. Um, now, Arab slave, slave markets were all inclusive. This was a Disney slave market, right? So any <sighs> race, religion, all included. You know, we don't care. <laughs> Bro, so wait, there's, where, are the, where are they selling them again? North Africa. North Africa. So in Morocco? Yeah. And Tunisia. Okay. So Jeffrey comes to town. And it's the first time anyone ever laughs in one of those places. <laughs> <laughs> what is this sound coming out of your mouth? I don't understand this. It's like, I think it's a joke. Is this joke? Because they don't know anything funny. You know, they kind of find women being hurt amusing. But that's not funny. <laughs> Oh, it's joke because she's crying. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. So, uh, yeah, the first time he brought some brought some humor, I'm assuming. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this this was a very all inclusive progressive slave trade. Uh, everyone was welcome, uh, but the slaves had value. So white women were the most expensive. Then white working men, and then blacks were below that. That's just unfortunately how it was. You know, uh, the worst job a slave could get was working in the chain gangs and the quarries. Now, since Jeffrey was an oddity. He was probably like auctioned off at a higher price and was probably not subjected to backbreaking labor. Uh, oh, no. But this wouldn't have been anything like his time at Denmark House. <laughs> you know? No. It's all dark and musky in there. Yeah. They keep him in a laundry basket with a book on top. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why that got me. <laughs> Jeffrey would have learned uh, they had a specific slave language, which was like a patois of <coughs> Italian, Spanish, and a bit of Greek. It has its own, like, a northern African slave language. That's cool. So he would have learned that. He quickly would have learned the word uh, mangiano. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? You want to wanna say that one again? <laughs> mangiano. <Yeah>. Mangiadu. <laughs> which is a, whatever it is. It's like... When, when the towns go manj, right? Eat. Yeah. Like, but like with some other letters in there. <laughs> oh, cool. So it doesn't translate to mangina. All right, no, no. Just, We're not a linguistic podcast. No. Travis no, we are not. barely right. reads. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's not a double meaning uh, in this patois. Uh, it was to be eaten, but it also could be like to eat something, but it also could be somebody is eaten alive by despair. <laughs> oh. That's kind of uh, if you got had to do a motto for this life as a slave in northern a Africa. So one event that we do know that happened to Jeffrey uh, during his time as a slave was when he turned 30 in 1649, possibly from doing more manual labor than he had ever done in his life. His pituitary gland finally kicked in. <gasps> no way! Yeah. Really? So oh. he grew from one six to a whopping three nine in Holy probably a few shit. years. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my god! He That's doubled in height. Yep. Wow! Gotta do my so, hand measurements. Yeah. <laughs> Get those hands out, boys. <laughs> he was this big before. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> So this might sound strange, but we have, people have actually, in the 20th century, people observed um, people that have growth hormone deficiency actually growing extremely large. The most incredible case that we have recorded was a man named Adam Rayner, who was born in 1899. And Adam was 3'10 at the age of 21. And he tried to sign up for the Austrian army during World War I. And they wouldn't take him due to his size. Yeah. I mean, by they're the not idiots. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> by the oh, time the he Austrian reached thirty yeah. yeah. By the time he reached thirty-two, Adam had grown to seven one. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Damn. Making him the only known man to ever be a dwarf and a giant. <laughs> That's fucking insane. Like does your skin not just rip off your body at some point? Like, there's got to be something that doesn't keep up with the other systems, you know? Yeah. Like, he probably was hungrier than, he, like, him and Jeffrey 
were probably hungrier than they've ever known possible yeah. during these growth spurts. Yeah. Yeah. He's eating sand and shit. It's like I'm now eating loaves of bread that are as big as I was last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, yeah. I would have loved to have gotten an Animorphs with that guy on the cover, <laughs> like just two different times. It's like, yeah. look at me, grow. Well, you I can see. Yeah, there's a photo of Adam Rayner of when he's a giant. Like, there's no picture of him when he's small, but there's a picture of him. Damn. All grown up. What happens? Like, does someone fall down the stairs and a cotter pin breaks and all well, of a sudden like it just starts shooting up? Remember the bagel boss right? guy from a couple years ago? Yeah, rest, rest in peace, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. He, he, probably lost. he died at eight foot three. Yeah. <laughs> In the hospital, he grew 14 feet. <laughs> so Adam Rayner grew a lot larger than Jeffrey did, but. Uh, in this recorded case in the 20th century, uh, basically your body's not supposed to grow in your 30s and late 20s. Um, so this Adam guy was pretty much like bedridden. He was like put in a home because yeah. he couldn't really stand. You know, there's a lot. It was like an incredible pain. That sucks. He actually he actually died at the age of 51 in 1950, and he kept growing after 32. He grew to seven eight. Was his oh height God. when he died? <laughs> Imagine Good like Lord. waking up every morning and saying, "I'm a fucking freak." <laughs> <laughs> How bad that's gotta feel! Yeah. What is happening to me? <laughs> so, all right, back to Jeffrey. He's growing. He's he's growing in his thirties, uh, and he's a slave. And we know we know more about him, so we can kind of assume that he leave slavery but how does one leave the arab slave system well you if you were of from wealth your family uh and like your family knew you had been captured they could buy you out of slavery so like held at ransom arabs actually had an underground network of merchants in various european cities that moonlighted as collection officers that would collect payments for the slaves in Europe and funnel it back to the Ottoman Empire. Cool. Uh, turns out this racket, most of the time, there was no guarantee the merchant would actually hand over the money to the slavers. And, you know, they'd probably just be like, oh, yeah, he's coming soon. And just pocket it, you know? Huh. Why not? Yeah, it's like the if, American uh, healthcare system. <laughs> yeah. in, you know, mm. a bunch of insurance companies. Right. <laughs> yeah. If the queen had found out that Jeffrey was taken as a slave, there's no doubt that she would have paid his ransom. I mean, she banished him, but she loved the little little guy. Um, but a lot was happening in her life as well, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And in addition to that, she had found a new wonder of nature <laughs> to oh, occupy. Of course. Yeah. Cheating on our boy. Yeah. Is he another small person? No, so oh. apparently uh, this is what kept her occupied until the day she died. It was a really little big dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little Chinese boy that was a stowaway on an East Indian merchant ship that she had rescued and converted and was raising as her own son. <laughs> okay, so she just yeah. might have a thing for little boys. <laughs> I'm gonna say it again: white women. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is fucking this? white yeah. women? Oh, I Can I get a puppuccino boy. for my Chinese boy that I brought to Starbucks? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Chinese boy the other week. I can't wait to post it on Instagram. <laughs> Very cool. 
So there was another way you could be freed from Arab slavery, and that was mass freedom. So the English eventually would start funneling over large sums of cash to the Ottoman Empire, things like two million pounds and things like that, in exchange for mass freedom of their citizens. Don't know, really know how they were picked or anything like that, but you know they'd send over a few million and the Arabs would release a whole bunch of slaves. Was there a number to it? Like, we'll, we'll give you at least, you know, you give us two million, we'll get you a thousand back. Yeah, that's how it was, like, negotiated. Okay. Yeah. And we'll throw in these new camel whippers. <laughs> hey, you weren't a slave. This guy wasn't a slave. Why are you giving them to me? Hey, this is a Chinese boy. Who the hell is this shit? So during one of these mass freedom events, probably around the uh, date 1668, Jeffrey's number came up and he was freed. Now, we don't know the exact dates of when he was freed or whatever, but he was around the age 50. Oh, Jesus. So that meant that he was a slave for nearly 25 years. Oh, my God. (laughs) Double that movie. Well, it's, it's basically like he had had half of his life in the court and half of his life as a slave you know like completely split yeah and i'm really surprised he lasted this long to be honest i i am too that's still the most shocking part he's kind of like a um he's kind of like a david goggins inspiration though because it's just like spend 25 years in court you little boy you go spend 25 years slaving double in size (laughs) come on boys (laughs) Get to slaving. Get to ice plunging. Do it. Is that going to be Andrew Tate's new thing? Like, you're you're a real man, top G, if you're a slave. Yeah, go be a slave. It'll be awesome. (laughs) The Matrix actually wants you to be free. Go be a slave. (laughs) Uh, So Jeffrey decided that he was going to return to England. That was the only place he knew. And a lot had changed since the last time he was there. The big one in the room was that Charles I had been captured by Parliament and beheaded. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's a big, long, interesting story behind the capture and the execution that we can save for another day. Um, Are we doing four parts? What? Are we doing four parts? No, no, no. I'm saying for, like, another roast down the line. Yeah. Like, if we do Cromwell (laughs) or something, you Uh, know, we can talk about that. It'll come back up. Yeah. (laughs) Um... After the king was beheaded, Cromwell came into power. Then he died. Uh, he, I think he died a natural death, but they dug up his corpse and put his head on a pike in, yeah. in London. They're like, we wow, made they a fucking big dug up his corpse and fucking repiked him. <laughs> they, yeah, they exhumed Jesus. him in order to execute him again. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Thought Vlad the Impaler was a badass. Yeah, yeah. so his sick Englishman. Yeah. yeah. Cromwell's son took over, he died, and then ultimately, Queen Henrietta Maria's son, Charles II, was reinstated as the monarch. So the Stuart line of monarchy came back. Parliament was like, we want you back. Yeah, they're just like, let's all have collective amnesia about the last 12 years. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Forget it. (laughs) LOL, JK. (laughs) Now, you might think that Jeffrey could just go to London and meet up with the Queen and Charles II and, you know, the, hey, I'm the Queen's dwarf, dwarf. I grew up with you, King. You know, you. I remember you when you were my height. <laughs> Both of my heights. My yeah. old one and the new one. <laughs> uh, well, the Queen was dying and would eventually die in 1669. Uh, she actually 
may have overdosed on lognum or whatever. Oh, nice. Uh, She may have purposely taken too many many opiums. Cool. (laughs) Mm. Um, But what was clear was by May of 16... Uh, 1669, Jeffrey had returned to where the story began. He returned to the small town of Oakham in Rutland. Uh, And what was he returning to? Well, his father, his mother had passed away. A bunch of his brothers had passed away. Even Burley on the Hill, where the Duke of Buckingham took him down, died as well. Parliament had came through and burnt it to the ground, leaving ruins up on the hill. But he did have one remaining living brother, Samuel Hudson, and Jeffrey lived in Oakham for about seven or eight years. During that time, he became friends with the local vicar, a man named James James Wright. James was recording the history of the people and places in Oakham and writing it down in like a written record. And when he heard about the amazing story of Jeffrey, uh, he knew he had to put this into his record. He actually didn't believe him at first, but then he checked a few of the church records and a bunch of other vicars, and they're like, wow, this is really Jeffrey Hudson. Wow. This, look at this old-ass preteen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after seven or eight years in Oakham, Samuel, his brother, died. Um, Samuel had actually named his son Jeffrey after, in honor of his brother. Uh, But Jeffrey was getting old, and there was no way for him to provide for himself. So he said, you know what? I was a captain, goddammit. I'm going to London, and I'm going to have a chat with Charles II, and we're going to, you know, maybe get a pension for me. I'm a fucking captain, you know? Uh, So at 60 years old, Jeffrey arrived in London in 1678. Now, London was nothing like he remembered either. Uh, remember, there had been a, when we talked about Penn, William Penn, there was a plague, there was the Great Fire of London, so it was pretty much unrecognizable to the London that he knew when he was there. And as a side note, people for decades after the fire and the plague uh, would say that they smelled the smell of boiled vinegar that they used to disinfect areas from the plague and also the smell of like just like burnt buildings so like decades after these events i think that's actually fish and chips uh (laughs) (laughs) tastes like buildings yeah you're right so Um, so so he never saw the queen again after the banishment no wow 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 yep she died in france so like right when she was when he was coming out of slavery she she went to france and then died wow So there was one thing that warmed this poor old man's heart a little bit. So if you know in England, right, uh, they have all these pubs and they name them shit like the the cock and hound or the dirty swan boy or whatever. Like all these names for pubs, right? Um, there was not just one, but multiple pubs that popped up in the set in the uh, in in the 1670s, named the Porter and the Dwarf, complete with a wood carvings of the giant porter William Evans and Jeffrey. Oh, so he kind of lived on. So he drank for free. Yeah, probably. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we him little so. thimbles. Yeah. He's Although like, he was a want. <laughs> He was a, a wine dr- now. <laughs> he was a wine drinker because he had been corrupted by the uh, oh right he's the a French, French. Yeah. Ew, yeah. wine. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, unfortunately, none of these wood carvings uh, survive to the present, but there is an engraving from the 1800s of one of the pub si- signs that were on New Street, which is kind of interesting. You can look that up, and um, it's just a picture of a tall boy and a tall man and a little boy. Um, besides the drunken Londoners, Jeffrey's reception back to the city was not really what he was hoping for. You see, Charles II had played it safe and was a practicing Protestant. You know, he had seen all the persecution of Catholics unfold in his lifetime. He said, you know what? I'm a Protestant. His brother James was a Catholic. He didn't really learn that. Just say you're a Protestant. Sure. Uh, Jeffrey, Mm -hmm. yeah. Jeffrey had come to London during an event called the Popish Plot. (laughs) Now, this was a fictional plot. Uh, that the Pope had sent Catholic assassins to kill Charles II. <laughs> Wait, it's a play? No, it's a... No, it's like a scandal. Scandal. Oh, like there's like this yeah. all this fear and paranoia that there are assassins sent by the Pope to kill mm-hmm. Charles. I see. Propaganda. Yeah. Okay. So this was propagated by a man that was actually born in the same village as Jeffrey, Oakham, in Rutland. This John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's the guy who skinned the cat. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this man was a uh, named Titus Oates. Oh, what a <laughs> dumb name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Titus Oates? Are you kidding? Yeah, Titus Oates. Now, I was going to, this is already running long, I was going to do a a mini roast of Titus during this episode, but I decided to just order some books and do a future roast on the the oat man himself. Because he's he's sort of like a 17th century Roy Cohen. It's pretty ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Uh, But here's one little teaser I'll throw in about that. Um, So Titus constantly thought that there were Irish assassins out in London that were trying to kill him. And the king, and in Gaelic, the assassin's name names were like their name for an assassin was a Torrady, and Oatman would pronounce it as Tory, and oh. that that is where the British Conservative Party got its name Tory. No they are named way. after Irish assassins. <laughs> that's wow. aw- that's crazy. That's pretty yeah. cool. I could go for a new political party here called, like, Ninjas or something. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That'd be sick. The Samurais? The Jihadis? No, too soon? <laughs> no, I think it's just on we time. We could use a little fear. That's... <laughs> we love America, and we're the Jihadis. Wow. <laughs> um, I never knew where the Tory name came from, and if you gave me a million guesses, I would not have guessed, like, an Englishman wrongly pronouncing an Irish word. <laughs> yeah, right? right. It's also like they're conservative. It's kind of weird, but yeah, yeah that's where Tory comes from. Uh, so Leave it to the red state to get it wrong, man. Yeah. <laughs> Titus Oates is running around with mobs, you know, in London, uh, they're wrangling up Catholics. They're doing book burnings. They're doing lynches, uh, throwing mass amounts of Catholics into jail and public executions. We'll talk about that at a later date. But Jeffrey again was at the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> so people knew that he was the queen's dwarf, and they knew that the late queen was openly Catholic. Therefore, Jeffrey was a pope assassin sent by the pope. Oh, oh shit. It's a so Tory. Shit, yo. <laughs> yeah. 
He's all walking in thinking there's going to be some fox tossing and some fucking yeah. bulldogs <laughs> running around and shit. Remember me, boys? <laughs> I grew. How many of you have grown twice the size since 18? <laughs> Aside from the king, who I, saw, <laughs> yeah. who I saw when he was six. <laughs> now, Jeffrey was hunted down by the mob and then thrown into the notorious gatehouse, gatehouse prison. God. I thought you were going to say thrown into the Thames. Yeah. So this is honestly an improvement. <laughs> I, was, I was going Sarlacc pit. But, yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he was almost thrown. Remember when he was almost blown into the Thames? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really windy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you can, I know it's the 17th century, but if you can imagine like the stereotypical medieval dungeon, that's what the gatehouse was. Prisoners oh, cool. were kept there in irons for 24-7. It was wet, wet, filled with rats. Prisoners slept on boards on the floor, and during the winter there was no heat, so a lot of people froze to death. Hmm. And there was Mistress Nova in the side with the fucking whipping crop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's oh seventeenth century dungeon. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not twenty first century. Uh, so old man Jeffrey, you know he's been through so much, but he was imprisoned at the gatehouse for. Two years. Oh, God. <laughs> damn! Figured it's like a couple months. <laughs> no, two years. Two years while Oates ran his persecution of Catholics in England. Uh, Jeffrey survived his time in the gatehouse and was released in 1680. Fucking how, dude? No slavery story ever ends with, like, multiple, I got out again. Yeah. Like, does he just have a bunch of get-out-of-jail-free cards? Like, what the fuck is going on here? He, you know, the problem is he probably has too many of those jail get-out-of-jail-free cards. The problem with that is that you have to go to jail to yeah. use them. <laughs> I wonder if it's like, you know how, like, kid, it's harder to break little kids' bones? Like, they can fall down a hill and they'll be fine? Yeah. I wonder if that applies to Jeffrey. Like he's probably not. Yeah. Because if he grew when he wasn't supposed to, his bones are probably more brittle. Yeah, that's true. And he probably didn't even drink that ass milk. No. Nah. Nah. Should have fucking drank that ass milk, dude. <laughs> so he's released in 1680. Charles may have Charles II may have heard that his mom's dwarf was locked up and demanded that he was freed. We don't know. But there is an official record in June 7th of 1680 uh, in Charles's logbooks. June 7th? Where, yeah, June 7th. That's today, That's today. <laughs> Oh, today. Uh, Happy anniversary. Wild. Yeah. I didn't to even, Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. To Jeffrey when he actually gets some money. So on June 7th, there's a record in Charles's thing, and it says, To Captain Jeffrey Hudson, as of free gift and bounty of 50 pounds. Oh, cool. And that's probably a lot of wow. scratch back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not he, a lot, but like a good amount. Like two years. A decent amount. Yeah. What, what is that yeah. equivalent to? Like 50 pounds is like what? $45,000? Yeah, but Would you go probably, to jail for two years for $45,000? No, but it's probably not 45 grand. Like the way it's mm. probably, yes, that's the monetary value, but yeah. it because goes a lot it's back, further? it goes so much further. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's things cost like a half penny back then. You know, <laughs> they had a thing called a half penny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so in ten ten months later, there was another record for twenty pounds gifted to Jeffrey. 
But this is the last record of Jeffrey Hudson. The vicar of Oakham, the guy who was recording his story, mentioned that Jeffrey only lived two years after being released from the gatehouse. We don't know where or how he died if he stayed in London. Maybe he went back up north to Oakham. But Jeffrey died in 1682, probably, and was most likely buried in an unmarked pauper's grave, lost to the history of time. Wow. Damn. What I would sh- like to think he was reincarnated as a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a tragic ending for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, started off life just all banging it, dude. Like, he had everything. Like, it's almost like he wanted to suffer at the end. Like, oh, no, I'm going to go get captured again, be a slave. That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, that, that lack of info, though. Tantalizing. The fact that he's just like, let's just walk down there and see if they remember me. Holy shit, I'm in jail. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Thank you, Travis. Thank you yeah, no worries. This. I really. That was a wonderful story. I loved reading about Jeffrey Hudson. Uh, thank you so much, Walt, for joining us on this journey. Absolutely. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, quite the wild ride for Jeffrey. Yeah, speaking of wild rides, you guys do wild rides every Friday night at Not For Human Consumption. Why don't you do a little plug there? Let people know where to find you. That's what they say on podcasts. Yes. Let people know. Yeah. Drop that fucking dime. It's uh, nfhcpodcast.com to find our link of trees, to get into all of our socials. Make sure you hit up our discord.com slash nfhcpodcast. We're hyping up the youtube so go subscribe over there and uh call our voicemail 480-788-7330 uh we don't edit our voicemails so you can call and say whatever outlandish shit you got but uh yeah and thank you guys very much this has been a blast because uh we we've had tom and travis on the show before and like this is cool because like i the one-on-one time with you guys as opposed to when you come into our hectic pre-show and it's fucking madness in there and like yeah i've had an absolute blast and totally honored that you guys had me on the show thank you hell yeah brother yeah our pleasure yeah absolutely all right and then if you like this show and you're here now and you somehow don't give us money whether that be directly through cash or patreon.com slash cast you need to change that you really need to think about it. Don't be a Jeffrey. Don't yep. walk into uh, an existence of hell because you didn't pay for what you stole. Because essentially right. you're stealing this content. I'm going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, okay? I agree. Wow. And uh, it's not that good of content. So if it was really, really great content and you were stealing it, I would give you some props. But you're stealing bad content. This is, this is Crayola Crayons <laughs> of history. Okay? <laughs> it's fun. Everyone's having a good time. We like to party. Give us we money. Like, yeah, give us the money, okay? Don't be a shithead. Damn right. I agree. Yeah. Because if you ever want to come back to fucking England and do some fox tossing and not get persecuted and thrown in jail, you got to give the money. Yeah, don't be a Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good rule of thumb. That's just good advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it, though. I did a great sign-off yeah. there. Yeah, yeah it's well done. Well done to you, Stop Travis. Funny. Well done this this wonderful story. Thank you, Shane. Everyone, thanks again, Walt. Yeah, catch y'all later. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Later, guys. Later.